0: of my heart not be all else to me, save that let us pray almighty and merciful God Father, Son and Holy Spirit your people are gathered on this day to celebrate the Holy Trinity Lord It is an incomprehensible mystery, but you have shown us in scripture of how it can be and that it is as you say. Lord, please, I beg of you, look with kindness upon this people that are gathered on this day. May the tongue that speaks not stammer, but be given direction by you, O Holy Spirit. Guide and lead what will be spoken so that it is acceptable to you, Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. There are sometimes we are asked questions that Are a bit unusual. But the question that is asked Jesus this morning is more than a bit unusual. It is a lot unusual. Here are a group of people assembled and speaking to the only begotten Son of God, the exact reflection of the Father's image. And they say to him, we are right in saying you are a Samaritan and you're possessed by a demon. Speaking those words to Christ, what they're saying by saying that is that you don't even know what a relationship with God is about. And to be possessed by a demon, you are opposing God's will. We have to understand that these people are asking a question based upon their senses. Because they are a people of time and space. Just like you and I are a people of time and space. But they're asking a question to one who is Eternal. Yet they're asking the question from a time and space perspective. The answer that they are about to receive from Jesus does not resonate with them. They're not able to grasp a hold of it in any way, shape, or form. Because they asked a worldly question and Jesus responds to them, with an eternal answer. We have to understand the dramatic difference. We have to understand first and foremost that Jesus was begotten in eternity and born into time and space. He comes from that eternal peace. So therefore, he knows what eternity is all about. He is now trying to speak to a people who have no idea what eternity is, where it is, or how it is. So when the question is posed to him, is it not right for us to say that you are a Samaritan and one who is demon-possessed? Then we can understand Jesus' response from the eternal perspective. I am not possessed by a demon. I honor the Father. Jesus, in everything he says, is the Father is supreme, the Father is sovereign. It be by the sovereign's will, it be by my Father's purpose. And then he goes on to say, but you dishonor me. So they're basically saying they know who God the Father is without really knowing who he is. Jesus stands in their presence to try to help them understand. All honor is placed to the Father. Jesus goes on to say, if I glorify myself, What good is that? There is one who glorifies me, and he is the judge. The Father glorifies the Son. All the people need to know that God the Father points to the Son and says, It is through my only begotten Son from eternity who was born into time and space, he will be the one that will save you from death. And God the Father becomes the judge. There is only this one way from the eternal perspective for us to be invited into the eternal presence of Almighty God. Answering a time and space question with eternal answers. Jesus says, if you listen to my word, you will never see death. And even for us, that becomes somewhat of a struggle, does it not? Because we do experience that, but only from time and space. We don't know the eternal aspect. We have not been there. We have to take the witness and testimony of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, that eternity exists, and we will be invited there. But now the people's question gets ramped up even more. Abraham died, and so did the prophets. And yet you say we will not taste death? And they go on to levy a charge from their own mind against Christ. Abraham and the prophets, they died. And then they asked him another question. Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? They say to Jesus. And Jesus again Response. In a way, these answering their time and space question with an eternal answer. If I glorify myself, what good is that? The Father glorifies me. The Father is the one who is pointing to me and saying, that is the avenue by which you will receive redemption. This is my beloved Son. This is how this is going to take place. This is how you will be purchased back at a price. This Jesus. And yet, they do not believe the Father's testimony about the Son. And they are not believing the eternal testimony of Christ. So, what do they conclude from all of this? That Jesus is not able to be God. Because they said, well, the logic and reason from the very beginning, Jesus is being opposed with it now, and you will see that the disciples who become apostles will be constantly bombarded with the same type of question. It is not possible, because it doesn't make any sense to our minds. How can God be the Father, God be the Son, and God be the Holy Spirit? Three persons, yet one, in divine essence. It is a question that we struggle with, that we can't answer. Martin Luther says it this way. When asked the question about, can you explain the Holy Spirit? Martin says it is an incomprehensible mystery. It is beyond understanding for any angel or any creature. It can only be revealed to you through Holy Scripture. It is the only way that we can see into eternity because we've never been there. We have to trust in God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit who come from eternity into our time and space. They become our witnesses. They give us that which we must hold on to. We can see in our creed so beautifully developed over the course of time. All the words of the creeds come out of scripture. Martin Luther proclaims it this way and says, the creed is like a whole bunch of bees going out and they're going to these beautiful flowers and they're collecting the nectar and and they go back to the hive and then they make honey that is sweet and nourishing and good in taste. The creed that we have been given has been assembled in that way, he goes on to say, that those who have come before us were shown by the Holy Spirit and assembled them with these beautiful deposits that we call our faith. And each one of the three articles declares the peculiar work of the triune God that we know as the one true God. The peculiar work of the Father is the creator of all things, seen and unseen. The peculiar work of the Son, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. What a beautiful assembly of eternal insight. We have not seen this, but yet the word of God delivers it to us. And we will participate in the Nicene Creed today. And they go on to declare the peculiar work of the Holy Spirit. The Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is glorified. He comes and through the church delivers to us an eternal message. A message that we cannot in our minds and in our senses, explain it. Or we will do so with a stammering tongue. Martin Luther goes on to say, look at it this way. You cannot explain the mystery of the Holy Trinity, but I'll show you something even more so. There are things in your own time and space you can't explain So how would you expect to explain something that is eternal if you cannot explain something in your own time and space? Examples of this. Why is it that you can watch television and see hundreds of pharmaceutical commercials on how they're going to make you feel better, yet the same group of people can't cure the common cold? You explain that to me. I don't think it's explainable. Here is one also that helps us to understand that there's a difference between a time and space question that we can't answer. So how would be we even begin to think we could answer an eternal question? How is it that when you're asleep, you're dead to the world, but yet alive? We're not going to be able to explain that. Here's another one that we can't explain, yet it's part of our common fabric, yet we'll take a chance at trying to articulate something eternal, but we can't explain these simple things. How many people here laugh the same way? None of us. (laughs) We all have different laughter. How many here laugh at the same thing? No, there are some where we're rolling on the ground and the other people are like, what are they laughing at? We can't explain these simple things from time and space where we're at. How could we possibly explain anything from eternity? The Holy Spirit is the sanctifier that was poured out last Sunday in the Pentecostal event. It is through the Father through the Son, through the Holy Spirit, three persons, one God. The Holy Spirit helps us to understand the Word of God. And when we look at something so beautiful as the creeds and how they have, have assembled some deep, eternal truths, we can surely say, we believe. We believe. It doesn't have to be proven to us. It doesn't have to make sense. Because it's eternal. And we know that our God is the only one who can understand them. One of the things that I find so beautiful about our faith is because it proceeds from the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It can't be counterfeited. Think about that. Our faith cannot be counterfeited because it has to proceed from the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. As soon as they say, well, Jesus really can't be God and man at the same time, it's counterfeit. It's easy for us to then determine what is from God and what is not from God. So although those people were a little bit brave by speaking to God in flesh, are we not right in saying that you are a Samaritan and demon-possessed? What they needed to do is take a closer look at themselves and to know that it is not possible for us to put God into the confines of this space and that our faith has been delivered to us by the eternal God for an eternal purpose. And we will never understand anything in eternity until he reaches out his hand and welcomes us there. Then we will be able to see what he is saying.